Hey, Bettys. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Okay, Bettys, this came up from a post I did on my Instagram page, and this was actually a clip of a conversation Dr. DeMary and I were having around the three things that she never allows in her practice. And one of those things was breast tenderness. And there was a conversation that started with some people who follow me who were shocked to learn that breast tenderness is not normal. Now, if you've been listening to me for more than a minute, you know that I like to make the distinction between common and normal. So breast tenderness is actually very common, but it is not normal. So I wanted to unpack for you today why this might be happening, and then of course, what you can do about it. So first thing to note is our world is an excessively estrogenergic one, meaning that there are lots of exogenous things that are going to drive up estrogen activity. So things like our environment being filled with pesticides and toxins and pollutants. We have plastic packaging in our of our fruit and our vegetables when we go to the grocery store. And even, even our water is a problem. The water that we drink can be a trigger for breast tissue to swell, to get tender, to get cystic and lumpy and heavy and angry. Just on a personal note to share with you, before I developed the Estima method, which is something that I work on with my private clients, and I'm also currently writing a book about now, my tatas, Bettys, they were so tender at certain points in my menstrual cycle to the point where my partner, he would come to, you know, maybe he'd come to caress me or give me a hug and I would either like flat out reject him or I would hollow out my back. I would hollow out so that my chest wouldn't touch him. So, um, so just know that it happens. It's happened in me. I was able to heal it. And I'm going to give you a couple of strategies today in terms of how you can too. So just know that tenderness, breast tenderness specifically, can either be classified as cyclical or non-cyclical breast tenderness. So when we think about cyclical breast tenderness, that's the one that I had. It's the most common type of breast pain. It's usually both breasts and your tetas, they can feel sore, tender, achy, burning. Uh, in some cases, it can even shoot up into the underarm and into the, into the arm itself. And it's related to your menstrual cycle. When this is happening, it is most often that it is a sign of lowered progesterone and relatively high estrogen in the second half of your cycle. This is often referred to as estrogen dominance, meaning that you have too much estrogen relative to your progesterone. And I used to also, in addition to the tatas being super tender, my hands would swell up to the point where I was not able to wear rings in that week leading up to my period. I just felt like a big old hot mess. I was super inflamed, super puffy. And also know that it's very common as well for your nipples, the areola and the nipple itself to be very, very sore right before uh, your period. So that's cyclical breast tenderness. Non-cyclical 
uh, as the name suggests, is not related to your cycle. And there are many ways where we can get non-cyclical breast tenderness. And there's an acronym uh, to help you remember, and it is albeit very crude, but it is very apropos. And that acronym is T-I-T. Or, or tit. <laughs> so it's very apropos, a little crude, but um, T I T. So T is trauma, I is infection, T is tumor or cyst. So trauma to the breast tissue is a direct impact. So I'll give you a personal example. I was playing basketball with my sons, and you will very shortly realize I'm a terrible basketball player. So my son passed the ball to me and I couldn't, I couldn't catch it. So the ball hit me squarely on my left breast. So that puppy, she was sore. She was sore for the next uh, day or so. And also know that trauma to the breast tissue can also come from doing high impact activities. So things like running or jumping with poor support or an even like an ill-fitting bra. So this is especially true for the ladies that are more well-endowed, um, where your, your breasts are bouncing up and down while you're running or jumping or, or what have you. And then they're basically just like hanging off of their ligaments. So you can actually have trauma to the ligaments that attach the breast um, to the thoracic cavity. So make sure that there's a lot of support uh, during high impact um, activity. So you can either uh, go, you know, that would be, you know, investing in a new sports bra. You can even go to places like, um, you know, a lot of uh, stores that sell bras, they will actually do a bra fitting for you. And the first time I did that, like I had been wearing the wrong size bra <laughs> for like 20 years. So really worth it. They're always like super lovely um, about it and super respectful. At least that's been my um, experience. And I, I, I'll just shout out Victoria's Secret because I always thought that they were really great. So no affiliation, but that's just where I get my bras from. Okay, so that's trauma. I is infection or mastitis. So this is often in lactating women. So, and this is usually caused by a clogged milk duct and duct. And yes, I also had this with my first son. Thank God for my midwives, Betty's, because she had me cutting up potatoes. I had cabbage. I was like a salad. I had in my bra, I had cabbage and potatoes and she was teaching me how to massage and clear the milk duct. Um, so I was able to clear the mastitis that I experienced um, while I was breastfeeding my son. But if you start to experience symptoms like fever, you know, aches and pains, fatigue, uh, like redness and warmth in your breast, if you're not under the uh, supervision of a midwife uh, or a lactation consultant, it might be time to visit your doctor and you may need some medication to, uh, to clear that. The last uh, T in the acronym TIT is tumors and cysts. The good news here is that the C word cancer usually does not cause pain per se. Uh, lumps that are often found to be cancerous are usually painless and they don't actually move easily. So um, this is a shout out for all the ladies that are listening, breast checks on the regular. So best time to do that two to three days into your period. Your breasts are much softer uh, during your follicular phase, much less lumpy, and you can get a really good lay of the land with your fingers so that you can detect if there's any changes month over month. And cysts, on the other hand, 
These are little troublemakers uh, in terms of breast uh, tenderness. They can wreak havoc for some people and they're often driven by estrogen dominance. So they are often movable and very painful. And they can also, um, especially if they rupture, they can be they can be abhorrent in terms of the amount of pain um, that they cause. Now, they are often non-cyclic, non-cyclical, meaning that uh, the pain is not generally worse because of menstruation, um, but it can be, it, you can also notice if you have fibrocystic breasts that the your symptoms can actually get worse uh, with the surge of hormones that is, that's associated with, um, uh, with PMS. So just kind of take note of that. And the other source of breast tenderness is medication, like the side effects of some very commonly prescribed medications. So probably the number one is going to be any sort of hormonal contraception. So the birth control pill, hormonal IUDs, these can all cause breast tenderness. And then another big category is antidepressants and antipsychotics. So SSRIs, SNRIs, these are very common to cause... um, uh, breast tenderness and um, some some estrogen and progesterone uh, replacement therapy has also been shown to cause some tenderness as well and blood pressure medication. So I've probably covered you know for people that are on medication like eighty percent um, of the types of medications that can cause uh, breast tenderness that are used regularly. But you really do want to if you are experiencing tenderness and you are on any of these medications, you do want to be relaying that to your primary healthcare provider, whether that's your naturopathic doctor, your medical doctor, or what have you, and let them know that you are experiencing this tenderness as a side effect. And then you and her uh, or him uh, can come up with a plan based on you know what your goals are and uh, you know the medication, your history, lifestyle, etc. So for many women, breast soreness is it can be super upsetting. Um, I think that in my case, and I know women that I've spoken to about this, it can bring up a lot of like like it can feel like you feel worried. You know, you feel anxious. It can be frustrating. Um, it can affect how you feel as your, about yourself as a woman, your sexuality. Uh, and it can also just change the way you interact with your relationships. Like I was, you know, flat out telling my partner, like, don't touch me, <laughs> like, don't hug me. Or I was sort of contorting my body to protect um, my breasts. So it can interact, you know, change the way that you interact um, with your relationships. And I bring this up because I just want to give you permission and say to you that it's understandable to feel like this. You are allowed to feel upset. Your breasts are not meant to be sore, but they are just trying to tell you like, hey, you know, there's an imbalance here that you need to attend to. And this is partly actually why I wanted to do this episode for you so that you know how common it is, but also to give you a roadmap to approach how you can heal it. So with that in mind, we are going to help you become your own Tata Tenderness Detective. So I want you to start paying attention to the breast tenderness and ask yourself some of the following questions. This will give you a lot of information. And if you're working with a functional medicine provider or some or your primary healthcare provider, this will help you relay this information to them. So the first question is, where is it? So is it bilateral, one breast or two breasts? Is it in the nipple, in the areola? Is it in, if you divide your breast into quadrants, upper quadrant, lower quadrant, inner quadrant, outer quadrant? You know, how long does the tenderness last? 
Do you notice it at certain times of your cycle? Is it several days? Is it just, has it just been a day? How severe is it? And I usually will give people a, a visual analog scale or a scale of one to 10. So one being not that bad and 10 being like the worst pain. Like where does it, when it gets at its worst, where, how severe does it get on the scale of one to 10? Are there other symptoms that coincide with it? Are you PMSing? Are you feeling your period is coming and you're getting, you're swollen, you're bloated, uh, you know, you haven't had a bowel movement in a couple of days. Like what are some of the other symptoms that go along with it, if any? Um, and how does this pain impact your life? So these would be some good questions to start logging and answering. And if we are talking about if we're talking about estrogen dominance, uh, meaning that your breasts are getting tender in and around the time of your period in that luteal phase of your menstrual cycle, we want to be considering a couple of things. One, or uh, well, rather, we want to be considering what some of the common causes of estrogen dominance might be. So the first thing is excess body fat. And so I define that as more than 28% on a female body because adipose tissue produces estrogen. And it's sort of this vicious, vicious cycle, right? The more adipose tissue we have, the more estrogen we have. The more estrogen we have, the more adipose tissue we tend to have. So reducing your adiposity to become metabolically healthy and to get under that 28%, I think is a healthy goal for most of us to, uh, to uh, ascribe to. We want to be thinking about stress, chronic low-grade stress. The, you know, the sympathetic system can affect our female hormones. Poor elimination and constipation, so rabbit poos, little painful, hard, round poos, or you're not having regular bowel movements. Um, decreased liver detoxification, um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And environmental exposures, meaning that you are exposing yourself to things that are driving up estrogen production in the body, and nutrient insufficiencies, which can, you know, impair a whole host of things, but primarily detoxification of the uh, done by the liver and elimination by the digestive system. So these can either uh, isolated or in aggregate. So either one of them, many of them, all of them, they can contribute to insulin uh, estrogen dominance via insulin resistance, um, re uh, uh, increasing the rate of inflammatory cytokines that are circulating, which drives up that, that breast tenderness, both cyclically and non-cyclically. So a couple of things to consider when we're healing our tatas, okay? So the tatas, we want to give ourselves two to three months, like lots of room, lots of permission to start healing. This didn't just happen yesterday. If you've been experiencing breast tenderness, it's likely that this has been happening for a while. So you just want to give yourself a little bit of love, a little bit of a runway to heal. So, you know, two to three months is sort of the, the minimum that we will start to see an improvement. First thing that you can do is to reduce excess estrogen exposure. So hard to do this at 100%, right? Our environment is filled up with estrogens. Um, literally, there have been entire populations of male fish that have become female just from the pharmaceutical runoff into major water systems. Like how gross. And this is also, we're actually seeing this to a lesser degree with our beautiful men, like our, you know, our human men as well. We're seeing this estrogenization of men, which I also am going to do another um, Geeky Magic episode on. But just know that you can swap out plastics 
like the plastics in your life for glass. So maybe that's investing in some glass Tupperware, glass water bottles, and even your coffee. So here's the secret. Even if you go to your favorite coffee house and you get a cup of coffee and they give it to you in a you know recycled cup, the lids are usually plastic, ladies. And where do we drink our coffee from? We drink it through that damn lid that's being heated up by the damn coffee. So I always tell people when we're trying to reduce our exposure to plastics, if you have to travel and the lid is on the coffee, fine. But when you're ready to drink your coffee, take that damn lid off because we don't want to be leaching some of the um, plastics um, into your body that way. Another way that you can help improve your excess um, estrogen uh, exposure is to whenever you can to eat organic. And this is specifically true with your meats. Um, And I know sometimes it's really hard to expect that we can financially just have the entire grocery bill as um, all organic and all local. But if you can just put aside money to be able to buy your organic meats and poultry and wild caught fish only. Another thing, another couple of things you can do is to take some supplements. So a couple ones I really like for reducing um, breast tenderness. The first is called Vitex or Chaste Berry. Uh, the full name is Vitex Agnes Castus. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I'll put it in the show notes for you. The standard minimum effective dose is between 150 to 250 um, micro, uh, milligrams. And Vitex doesn't actually play a role in the metabolism of estrogen, but there have been several high-quality studies that have demonstrated that Vitex does reduce PMS symptoms, including breast tenderness. So really, really like Vitex. And I'll put a, I'll put a link um, if you are in the United States or Canada uh, of a product that I really like. The other supplement that I like to use when there's excess estrogen is DIM uh, or diindol methane. So this has been noted to alter um, uh, urinary estrogens in, in a way that reflects less estrogenicity. So what we think is happening with DIM is that it increases something in the liver called uh, P450 enzyme production, and this is actually dose-dependent. So the more DIM you take, the more uh, P450 uh, enzyme uh, production and activation you are going to have. And it is also going to increase the ratio of 2-hydroxyesterone to 16-alpha-hydroxyesterone. So we want, it's basically this 2-hydroxylation, which is increasing the, what we usually write in short form as 2-OH or 2-hydroxyesterone, which is thought to be um, the protective estrogen in our estrogen um, metabolism. It is the protective form of estrogen. The other 16-hydroxyesterone uh, uh, is thought to be less, um, uh, less favorable, a less favorable pathway. And also just mechanistically, DIM appears to also increase the activity of genetic repair enzymes, specifically uh, in the breast, which, is, which reduces um, some breast cancers and is thought to confer protective effects of our tatas. So very, two very, very uh, important, um, uh, two very important supplements that I like to recommend for people. So those are some supplements. Obviously in terms of uh, nutrition, I would um, suggest 
eating lots of green leafy vegetables. So kales, collards, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, broccoli sprouts, uh, bok choy, all these things, they contain uh, sulforaphanes that help to amp up liver detoxification, uh, specifically uh, detoxifying estrogen and helping to eliminate it. I also really think that as a society, we're not having enough fiber. So having, um, and this this will help when you're having these green leafy vegetables, the more fiber you can have, uh, the better, the more likely you're going to have a bowel movement every day, which is what you should be having. Um, at least one a day, uh, ideally two. Um, so fiber really helps with that. And just as a side note, your poo should be soft. Uh, it should come out in one piece. It should look like a snake in the toilet bowl. So it's not this like little dehydrated little rabbit, hard poo, like hard rabbit poos that are, that are um, hard to pass. Um, and then in terms of nutrition, I would eat lots of fats. Uh, they, uh, monounsaturates, polyunsaturates, like nuts, seeds, avocados. You're basically going to eat like a Greek in Greece, an Italian in Italy, not the pizza, but the branzino and the tomatoes and the basil and the bocconcini salads, or, you know, the Portuguese woman in, in Portugal, who's going to have her piti piti chicken or the, uh, bacalhau or whatever. She, okay. Now I'm actually really hungry. I want I want to black you now. Um, so basically, I want you to think like a Mediterranean woman, right? She's probably going to have walnuts, olives. She's going to use olive oils uh, on her salad. She's going to, you know, have tomatoes, maybe lemon, fresh fish, you know, all those things. So I want you to think like the Mediterranean women and eat like the Mediterranean women. And if it's hard for you to figure out how to do that, so we want you to basically be eating less sugar and more whole foods, you may want to consider joining the Estima diet because that's actually where we show you how to do it. Sugar creates a ton of inflammation. And of course, we know that inflammation wrecks all sorts of havoc on your system. And I know that it's super tough uh, to detox your way off of sugar, but I promise you, you'll feel so much better and I promise that you can do it. So if you want to do it with a loving hand, I can help you through the way. So I'll put a link for the Estima diet um, in the show notes as well. And the last thing I wanted to just mention is just take some spiritual stock and pay attention to what your inner goddess is telling you, right? Our bodies are incredibly sensitive and they can mirror for us what is going on in our actual lives. You know, if your breasts are tender, it's usually a report card that you are pushing too much, right? So what is your body telling you? Are you struggling, you know, with... Uh, a boss? Are you struggling with a family member? Are you are you not sleeping? Are you, and when I say sleeping, like, are you sleeping, girl? Like, really sleeping, really waking up refreshed? You know, are you lifting weights? All these things, um, ask your body what she needs. I promise she will give you the answer. Um, and then the last little thing I wanted to mention is massage your breasts, you know, get to know your tatas. Like we spoke about this with Kimanami on the, on the podcast. And I was recently gifted this beautiful breast massage oil and it gets the lymph flowing. It doesn't take like you take five minutes in the evening to massage your breasts and you get to know them. You get to know your girls, what you like, what you don't like. And you're also just, you know, facilitating that drainage of the lymph glands, which can also reduce pain and engorgement. And I think it's an important part of nurturing your body. Okay. Lots of juicy bits here, right? So I would love to hear how this goes for you. Maybe consider leaving a review on the podcast if you have taken some of these, implemented them into your life, and I'd love to see how it changed you. Or you can just write us at support at 
drstephanieestima.com. Until next time, Bettys, have a great week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.